Welcome to the Human and Technology Podcast. This podcast is for anyone who develops, distributes or uses technology. For all those who always have the feeling that technology overwhelms or dominates them. For everyone who wants to know how to deal with technology in everyday life. For anyone who wants to understand what technology does to us and how we can get our lives back. This podcast is for those who want to make technology sexy. All the product developers, designers, UX, UI professionals, product managers, CTOs and CEOs. And it is for you. My name is Dr. Peter Reska. My friends call me Dr. Peter. I am your host and I am happy that you are here. The cure for boredom is curiosity. This was one of the most outstanding statements I heard on the Bosch Connected World, which was conducted uh, two, three weeks ago, early November, at Berlin. And I will use this podcast episode to... Summarize some of the main statements from the keynotes, make a couple of commands on this and yeah, let you know what you missed uh, if you did not attend the Bosch Connected World. It, is a, it was the first live event after a two years break due to the pandemic. In the pandemic, during the pandemic in the past two years, it was an online only event and This year, Bosch tried to make the best out of both worlds by arranging an on-site meeting and also allowing dialing in from uh, your home over the internet. The online loca uh, the on-site location was a place called Station Berlin which is a former postal station near at the Gleisdreieck of Berlin. So in 1913, between 1913 and 1997, it was a postal train station. And since then, I think it was, was empty for quite, quite a few years. And today it is a event location. And I, I really love it because it has this typical Berlin industrial architecture with this dark red bricks and uh, big windows and the floors are almost like like on, on roads not like indoors road but outdoor surfaces and so it was very atmospheric that was a very nice um, uh, yeah very nice location that fitted very well the idea of a high-tech world uh, but also With its atmosphere, it allowed a lot of networking, meeting people, talking to people, and it was extremely well organized, including food courts, and uh, yeah, so very well done. My, my original expectation, uh, by the way, had been that uh, this is a conference with 100 or 200 uh, participants and a few booths from exhibitors from, from different uh, Bosch companies. In reality... It was quite different. It was over 1,500 participants on-site plus 10,000 online. The exhibition area was about 6,000 square meters. 
which is about, uh, I think, 1.5 soccer fields or football fields. So big, big, big. And 80 booths from partners, customers, suppliers, and different Bosch uh, subsidiaries and Bosch groups were there. So it was far bigger than, than I had expected. And as I already said, it allowed excellent networking uh, opportunities. I don't want to focus too much on the exhibitors, but just to mention a few that I personally found um, exciting, impressive. Number one, definitely a company from Israel, from Tel Aviv, called City Transformer. They are building a two-seated electric car, which is not something special. I mean, uh, the, the seats are arranged in a row, not side by side, but one uh, behind the other. The exciting thing here is they had uh, the mantra during the development, the vehicle shall not be wider than one meter. So this one meter was the limit. And I said, okay, um, how can we do this? And they really managed it. And they found then out that in higher speeds, this one gets pretty shaky. It's pretty, pretty unsafe. So they made the gorge, meaning the distance between the wheels of one axle, they made that flexible. And that's why it's called City Transformer. So in speeds up to 45 kilometers per hour, you have this one meter. And if you want to drive faster, faster than 45 kilometers per hour, up to 90 kilometers per hour, then the, the wheels move to the outside to get a wider gorge, to have a larger distance, to get more stability into the vehicle. From my point of view, pretty interesting idea. Um, they also had a, an HMI designed uh, and developed by, by the Bosch guys. That's why they were there. And uh, yeah, I, I, I think uh, one of these many different uh, small vehicle micromobility transportation device producers, but with a difference than uh, the rest. So let's wait and see how this works out. Other companies were cute. The um, tool developer, Amazon Web Services, Siemens. Zuora was pretty interesting. Uh, a company offering all the infrastructure, the digital infrastructure for subscription services. Subscription services. Red Hat was there with their open source software. And many, many of the Bosch subsidiaries, uh, divisions, groups, sub-companies. Um, I mean, it's an awfully complex organization. And many of them were there showing their capabilities, their services, um, building their networks. And yeah, as I said, pretty big. The keynotes were held on three different stages, 140 speakers, and they included the CEOs of Bosch, BMW, Lending AI, Zuse, and Zora. Those were the real big guys on stage. All the others were also high-level management guys from different companies. Of course, a focus on, on, on Bosch executives, but also different a wide range of, of companies had the chance to, to uh, communicate their thinking and their status of development. And it's a connected world uh, uh, 
event. So everything on connectivity, digitalization, that was the focus of the entire event. For this podcast, I have three things uh, that I would like to discuss about. They are, they are not fully independent from each other, but uh, to give it a little structure, um, three points. The first one is trends, megatrends, future technologies. The second one is user experience, customer orientation, human and focus. And the third one is circling around automotive. So let's start with the first one. The keynotes and presentations represented the latest status of thinking and acting in all these different companies in digital business, in connectivity and in automotive. For my surprise, it was very, very user-oriented. So the, the user orientation of all these solutions was always the top priority they had. I hope that this thinking will also turn into acting, that this was not only for the showcase on this uh, big and exciting event, talking about user orientation, but that uh, it will have consequences, that really technologies are really thought from the user's point of view and not from a technology point of view. We as humans, we redefine ourselves by living, by coming from a physical world, from an analog world. I mean, that's what we are made for. Evolution uh, had said thousands and, and tens of thousands and, and hundreds of thousands and millions of, uh, of years to prepare us for an analog world. And now we change that in the past very few years. And we are now acting in a digital culture, in a digital environment. So we merge the digital experience and the analog world. And so, so we add the digital experience to the analog world, but also vice versa, we add the analog experience into the digital world. Megatrends mentioned in the different keynotes um, are circular economy. Yes, I think a uh, you know, super important one, particularly the raw materials for all the electronics that we have, they are rare. Um, they are produced under very, very critical circumstances. And we should not throw them away. We should not dispose them, but uh, we should reuse them not often, but always, meaning having really a circular uh, use of, of these raw materials. No idea how far we will get with this in my lifetime and in the foreseeable future, but it is definitely a focus point that we should keep. Digitalization, of course, it was all about digitalization and all innovation is about it. And I mean, we still don't know what digitalization really is, where it will lead us, how it will at the very end, influence our lives, our jobs, our economies, our societies, how it will influence humankind. But making things digital that are analog today, of course, is a top thing. And the third megatrend mentioned was mobility. And yes, of course, I agree. Mobility is a megatrend. And we as humans are mobile 
have always been mobile and will always be. So I think it's not, yeah, it is a mega trend. And then there were other trends mentioned like uh, subscription-based business models, which I find a bit, bit surprising, which was new to me. I mean, the fact that we have more and more subscriptions that um, I, I, I don't buy any CDs anymore. I don't buy vanilla records anymore. I have a subscription at one of the big streaming services and I'm listening to my music to this one. It's a bit different uh, with my books. I have my ebook reader, but I'm buying these ebooks. So from a digital point of view, I, I own at least the digital rights on this one, or at least as, as far as a reader can have it. But yeah, many, many of these things, um, they turn into subscription. The things we used to own turn more and more to, into subscriptions. And which goes maybe together with a circular economy or with a, with a resource-efficient uh, uh, economy. And particularly Zora presents a technology solution, a, a technology that allows to set up these services, which I had not been aware of that much. But if I think about it, yes, of course, we need this. And maybe this is the right solution to, to continue. Automated autonomous driving uh, was one trend. Data science, artificial intelligence, and virtualization. And although it looks different today, metaverse, blockchain, and crypto, they are part of our digital future. And I have no idea the word metaverse, is this really a neutral word? Or was this uh, introduced by Mark Zuckerberg? I have no idea, but at the end of the day, uh, we will have this virtual worlds. We will have this virtual universe. We are in. We will have something that, something digital, universal presence that will integrate all the analog instances and make them controllable. How long that will take and how it will really work out at the very end, I have no idea. But we will have this. I'm, I'm pretty sure about this. Although we are, I mean, the, the, the big companies, the starting companies of this one, they're experiencing problems, but of course. Blockchain, yes, a lot of things that are unsafe today in the internet will become safe with blockchains. And one of this is uh, cryptocurrencies or any crypto assets, uh, NFTs, non-fungible tokens. All this will be part of the future. Although um, those ones that invested in crypto may be a bit disappointed, but uh, I have no idea how at the very end it will all work out again, how much um, governmental control will be in crypto, but that there will be digital currencies and digital ways of payments, that is without any doubt. Digital twins of factories, digital twins of almost everything, they are reality. The good thing is you can analyze and correct problems in the twin and then bring it to reality, which makes it more efficient, faster, more focused. So you have this advantage of the digital twin and uh, yeah, connect this with the reality. And one of the statements that I also found inspiring is there is no business today that is not using a digital service or a digital device. So 
we can drop digital in digital business. So any business is digital business today. The difference is to what degree is it a digital business and how is it used and is it does somebody running a business make real advantage out of the digital components in his or her business. But it is there and we are having all the digital um, facts, factors in any kind of business. And I mean, I'm recording this podcast here. Um, I have an analog microphone, my beloved uh, Yeti uh, podcast microphone, and it's all recorded on my laptop. So it's digital right away. I'm not recording any tapes, cassette tapes and copying them in an analog way and sending them in a postal service. No, it's all digital, although I may not be too digital and everything else, but this is fully digital. Now, I think that is obvious. Businesses or digital businesses shall be around humans, about needs, abilities and wishes of consumers, of human beings, of people. The combination of physical products and digital service creates user experiences. I mean, that opens up the doors for business opportunities, for applications of technology, and for all the different ways of approaching, using, applying technology. And at the very end, the device in your hand is just reflecting a functionality. It allows access and manipulation. The functionality itself maybe anywhere and this i think is if we talk about digitalization we talk about connectivity we will have the situation that with a one single device best example is a smartphone i can control digital and non-digital instances almost anywhere in the world i can control my car from my smartphone I can get information that is stored on some cloud uh, cloud server. Yeah, so I can I can uh, uh, manipulate things that are far away from me. But I have this device in my hand, which gives me access to the functionality and which provides me user experiences. The term digital platforms is not scientifically defined. It can be a technical platform. But it can also be a business platform, a transaction platform, innovation platform, product platform, or an integration platform, like a logistics operating system. And a lot about these platforms today is about reusing technology. And one of the, one of the industries that is really, really good in this is the automotive industry where one single platform in a uh, company, in a multi-brand company, is used in different car brands for different cars. And you use, you reuse, reuse all the technology, technological components, all the technologies that you have in there uh, to, to save money, to save sp time, to, to make it more efficient, uh, to get better results out of the thing. But platforms are even more about openness and connectivity. One example are smart home platforms. So if you have a digital smart home platform, you will find out um, that you will not only have devices from just one company. You may have a couple of Bosch devices, but then you may have a Samsung smartphone and uh, a Harman Kardon audio system. And so you have different, I mean, 
I I don't think there is a single person that has in his or her household devices from just one company. So if we want to get a maximum benefit and a positive user experience out of our digital gadgets and, and the platforms that we have and all the connectivity that we have created, we need to have an open standard to connect all of them smoothly. And this for me is one of the biggest challenges. I mean, if we go down to the to the internet protocol, then it's not a problem. I mean, that is a standard that is available globally, that is standardized. That, But before that, if you have not reached the Internet Protocol, it is very difficult to connect things with each other. I mean, even, even standards like Bluetooth or Wi-Fi, they have their bugs in it. They are, they're speaking different dialects and things like this. And I very much believe in these standards on the lower levels. And then we can put different technologies, architectures, apps and at the very end user experiences on top of that but if we have different different standards in the data communication in the platform communication then we will experience we will not experience a positive user experience all right user experience next point second point here in, in the, this uh, podcast episode User experience is core in any technological development. And I'm preaching this in any of my projects and almost all of my podcast episodes. Whenever I communicate, people say to humans, to colleagues, to clients, to users, we need you to create user experience. That is the focus of thinking. And technology without a real meaning, without a real value, they are junk. New products and services are not about technology, but about creating value. And technology is a tool that makes our lives faster, safer, easier, funnier, funnier. Uh, that, that, is, that is some value that we need to create with technology. The technology services and products shall be, as Bosch calls it, companions for life. That is one of their statements, which means... They need to change because our lives change, our use cases, our contexts change. We as humans, we change. We are constant change. And these technologies need to adapt to the different situations we are in, to the different contexts, to the different use cases, to the users. And that needs to be a constant change in use cases, environments, and, and, and context. And so we need constant connectivity and constant updates on these devices to continuously create this companion for life. On the automotive side, one of the statements was, for many years, one of the core statements was that cars will become smartphones on wheels. And this was proven wrong uh, or stated as wrong in a few presentations and, and discussions, podium discussions. Cars have a completely different use case. They require different HMI solutions than smartphones and they provide a far higher level of safety. 
particularly the use cases that you have. I, I made an episode, I think it's the last or the one before the last, where I talked about the uh, primary, secondary and tertiary tasks and that we have this primary task paradigm in car driving, meaning the primary task in a car is controlling the car, driving safely, or if a car is driving by itself, then controlling the car, that it is driving safely. That is the main task, the primary task we have in cars. If we work with a smartphone, or if we interact with a smartphone, if we play on a smartphone, then this one is the main task. So we have different HMI solutions. We need to have different HMI solutions in cars compared to, to smartphones or dashboards and, and power stations and any of these applications. And cars are providing a far higher level of safety than smartphones. Advanced driver assistance systems, ARAS, they need to have a high level of reliability and they need to have a constant, uh, constant availability. We will not be ready to accept a driver assistance system that works every now and then. It does not work in the rain, but in sunshine or vice versa. We're not ready to accept this. And so I need to have this one. Again, this is a different, big different shader. To bring it down to the point, smartphones move Bits and bytes, cars move humans and lives. Software-defined vehicles turn cars into these already mentioned companions for life. And this again requires constant updates to fit the car to humans, to use cases, needs, wishes, dreams, to all these changing things that we are and we have. And already today but even more in the future mobility is more than house powers and nice trims and interiors and, and vehicles are about user experiences vehicles will be about digital features about merging digital applications into the analog world and future cars will be about the creation of a socially accepted mobility one of these measures is car sharing. That is a core function of, of any future mobility scenario. I personally have no idea when we will have really shared only fleets on our streets, when private car ownership will die out. Today, I don't see that happening, but it will come. And that is another important use case for software-defined vehicles. When I switch between different car brands and different um, car sharing offers, between different car sharing companies, then I want to have opportunities for personalized experiences, personalized welcome sequences, personalized playlists, audio settings, uh, air condition settings. And I want to have this in, in any of my cars that I then rent, either on a short-term basis, maybe on a longer-term basis, but I want to carry that around with me. And this for me is uh, already today, but even more in the future, one of the core use cases for software-defined vehicles. Standardized human-machine interface solutions are not the future in automotive, was one clear statement. 
I can fully support this. HMIs help to differentiate brands and vehicle lines in a time of more and more standardized drivetrains. These electric drivetrains, I mean, today we are having four-cylinder action uh, engines, we are having six-cylinder engines, 12-cylinder engines, we have turbocharged engines, and all these different kinds of gasoline engines, they, they do a lot with the identification of a car. That is dying out. An electric engine is different, is having different levels of, of torque, but at the very end, that's it. There is no real means of differentiation in an electric drivetrain. So the HMI, the experience, the way you see a car, you use a car, you can apply a car, that will make the difference between brands. And artificial intelligence will play a strong role in the future of this, in the future of automotive HMIs in general, but also in the differentiation and also in the adaptation to personal preferences, to use cases, to contexts you're in. So AI will redefine the interaction between drivers and cars and turn cars, as one speaker said, into team members. I'm always a bit critical to, to lift technology on that, that level. Um, I don't like the term human technology cooperation or human machine cooperation. Cooperation means that you have equals. And guys, we as humans, we are the boss. We are the ones that run technology, that control technology. And if that's not the case, take any measure to, to, to bring us there. A team member, okay-ish, but um, yeah, um, but cars will change their role. Particularly because autonomous driving is not only affecting the core driving procedure, but the entire relationship between the human brain and the rolling robot. We are automating already different, many different functions in cars, and that will go on in the future. And that will move on to digital connectivity services levels. And that is also driving automation or autonomous driving. It's not only the car driving procedure, but it's everything from the booking of the car to dropping the car to driving the car and the entire relationship will be driven by automated and autonomous procedures. Long-term cars will transform into social connectors on the outside as well as on, on the inside. They move humans from one location to the others. They provide connectivity. They allow communication. They provide safety. And that is the core thing. They provide unique user experiences. All right, to bring it down to a point, final statement. Of course, on an event like the Bosch Connected World, I did not expect any deep and critical discussions on technology itself. But I was surprised how much discussion there was on what role technology plays for humans, for societies and humankinds. The user focus was core in many statements and discussions. This gives me the hope that even in this highly technical environment, it is understood that we need to have benefits from all the invests in time and focus and money and material that we make. 
And this, uh, there was one, uh, there was one core statement uh, of a Bosch representative that I really like, and I think that summarizes it very well. She said, "Human intelligence, human intelligence makes the difference. It remains the most valuable source in a fully digitalized world." Now that becomes true. I'm gonna love that. That's it for today. Thank you for spending time with me. I hope you were able to take something with you and do something for yourself that will be forever. For an ongoing exchange, you will find me on LinkedIn and on my websites, peter-rusker.com and beyond-hmi.de. Write me an email on the podcast at beyond-hmi.de Tune in next time, take care and stay healthy.